I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning and join me in Acts chapter 21. Acts chapter 21, church, we're going to pick up where we left off a couple of weeks ago. We're going to continue walking through the book of Acts over the next number of weeks together, and we will be able to close out that chapter in the life of our church family. We began at the beginning of January walking through the book of Acts, knowing that we were moving in this direction. We were going to be heading from the school over to this facility, and we knew that God was going to continue to use North River Church to reach people for His Glory, And we wanted to be reminded of what it looked like from the very beginning when the church was birthed in Acts chapter 2, how they took seriously the mission that God had called them to fulfill. That Jesus, when He left His disciples, gave them a charge after His death on the cross, after His resurrection, He told them that they were to be His witnesses, that they were to share the story of what Jesus Christ had done, that it was only possible through His death and through His resurrection for us to be forgiven of our sins and to be made right with the Heavenly Father. And so what we saw is that the church took very seriously that mission. And so it began in Jerusalem and it continued to spread throughout the known world at that time, moving from a Jewish-only audience also to Gentiles, so that every single person, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of color of skin, was to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is Jesus' plan. That was His plan then. That is still His plan now. And what we're going to see this morning is the Apostle Paul take part in that plan. Sharing his story of coming to faith in Jesus Christ. The life transformation that came as a result of him believing in Jesus and being saved from his sins and then that impact that it had in the world. So I want to read for us where we left off two weeks ago, Acts chapter 21, beginning in verse 37. And I'm going to read through chapter 22, verse 29, which means you need to buckle up. And we're going to go quickly. And then we're going to walk back through it together. Luke records this beginning in Acts chapter 21 verse 37. As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the tribune, May I say something to you? And he said, Do you know Greek? Are you not the Egyptian then who recently stirred up a revolt and led the 4,000 men of the assassins out into the wilderness? And Paul replied, I am a Jew from Tarsus and Cilicia, a citizen of no obscure city. I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. And when he had given him permission, Paul, standing on the steps, motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great hush, he addressed them in the Hebrew language, saying, Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. And he said, I'm a Jew, born in Tarsus in Cilicia, 
but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manners of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are this day. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women, as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From then I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take also those who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. As I was on my way and drew near to Damascus about noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with me saw the light but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. And since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand of those who were with me and came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very hour I received my sight and saw him. And he said, The God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. When I had returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves know that in one synagogue after another, I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself was standing by and approving and watching over the garments of those who killed him. And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Up to this word, they listened to him. Then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were shouting against him like this. But when they had stretched him out for the whips, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, Is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? And when the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said to him, What are you about to do? For this man is a Roman citizen. So the tribune came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he said, Yes. And the tribune answered, I bought this citizenship for a large sum. And Paul said, But I am a citizen by birth. So those who were about to examine him withdrew from him immediately. And the tribune also was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes, that we would be able to see. 
And you would open our ears that we would be able to hear. And you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. As we look at the text this morning, I want to call your attention to a main idea that's going to frame our time together in these verses. And if you want to write it down, it should be up on the screen for you. Every Christian, every single Christian has a salvation story and that story needs to be told. That means if you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, you have a story of how Jesus transformed your life. And that story needs to be told. That story needs to be shared. What we're going to encounter in the text this morning is Paul doing just that. Paul having a door of opportunity swung open to be able to share his story of how Jesus Christ transformed his life. Paul is going to share that story so that all would be able to hear that who were standing in his presence at this point. And then we're going to see their response to that. And as we walk through the text, I want us as Christians here this morning, if we've taken that step of trusting Jesus Christ as our Savior, I want you to be thinking about the opportunities that God gives you to share what Jesus Christ has done in your life. See, I'm convinced this morning that as we gather here as believers this Day, we had opportunities last week that God opened for us to share what Christ has done in our lives. And for you and for me who are believers here, we don't have the exact same story, but our stories are very similar because salvation takes place in a certain way. And as we share the story of what Christ has done in our lives, People's lives are transformed as they too see the hope that we have and take that for themselves. I want you to notice the first truth that we see in the text this morning, beginning in verse 37 and walking through verse 40 of Acts chapter 21. And here's the truth. God gives you daily opportunities to share your salvation story. God gives you and God gives me daily opportunities to share the story of how Jesus Christ transformed our lives. I want you to notice how it plays out in Paul's life here in the text. Beginning in verse 37, it says that Paul was about to be brought into the barracks. Remember, as we left off, Paul had just been arrested Trumped up charges had been lodged against him as he was entering into the temple. He was accused of an offense punishable by death. And in the context of that, he was arrested immediately and those charges were leveled against him. And so he is in the barracks, he's been sequestered away, and he is about to be given an opportunity to share his story. Notice that He says to the tribune, that was the government official who had had him arrested, can I say something to you? And that tribune says, I think I've heard about you. Are you an Egyptian who 
led a revolt of the assassins. Now, how exciting is that, right? And Paul says, no, that, that's not who I am. In fact, Paul says, I'm a Jew from a city that you're probably familiar with. It was an important city in the Roman world. And he says, I'd like to speak. And I don't forget where we've seen Paul speak at various times. In the open, he shared the gospel as he was teaching within the synagogue or as he was sharing with the Gentiles. But don't forget that we've also encountered Paul imprisoned and chained to Roman guards. And in that location, Paul said, it's fine. If you imprison me, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. If you let me go, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. Regardless of what happens to me, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. And so this opportunity opens up for Paul, and he is standing in the midst of Jewish people. And he says to the tribune, I'd like to say something. This door of opportunity for Paul swung wide open. Think about last week in your life, Christian. What door swung open for you? Was it a door at work? Was it a coworker that you were interacting with who was saying to you, you know, my life seems to be in shambles at this point. Or maybe I'm without hope. Or I don't understand how you can just move through life, Christian, and seem to have peace because I don't have that. God swung that door wide open for you to share the hope that you found in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're a teenager in here this morning, and for you, that door of opportunity swung open at school this week, where you had an opportunity to share with a friend, or maybe even someone who's not in your circle of friends, the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Maybe this week you had an opportunity to share with a family member or with a neighbor where God orchestrated things in such a way that it was a wide open door of opportunity for you to share the hope that you found in Jesus Christ. What we see for Paul here is that that door swung wide open and at other points Paul would write to the churches and say to them, Would you pray for me that when those doors of opportunity open up, that I would have the boldness to speak the way that I should. The boldness to proclaim what Christ has done in my life. Christian, maybe that's the prayer that you need to pray this morning. Because here's the thing, next week is going to be a lot like last week. Next week you're going to have opportunities You're going to have people that encounter you at your job or in your neighborhood or when you go to the grocery store or to the restaurant. You're going to have opportunities to share the hope that you found in Jesus Christ with them. And my prayer for us is that God would give us boldness so that like Paul, we would say to them, I've got something to say. I have a word that you need to hear. I know what it's like to walk through trial and to walk through difficulty. I know what it's like not to have 
peace that passes all understanding. I know what it's like not to have an anchor for my soul. I've been there. Let me tell you how all that changed. You're going to have an opportunity this week to share the truth of who Jesus Christ is and what He's done in your life. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never taken that step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's not by accident that you are sitting here this morning. This morning is a wide open door of opportunity for you to hear who Jesus Christ is and to surrender your life to Him. Paul says, I'd like to speak. Now I want you to notice beginning in verse 1 and walking all the way through verse 21 of Acts chapter 22, we see this second truth on display and it's this, your salvation story has the same basic elements as every other believer. Now let's all be honest, none of us are the same here this morning. Every single one of us is unique, and as a Christian, you are unique, and your story is unique. How you came to faith in Jesus Christ. You may have been 8 years old, you may have been 18 years old, you may have been 38 years old, or 88 years old. And your story is different. Your story is unique. Some of you grew up in the church. Some of you heard the gospel from a very young age and responded to it, trusting Jesus as your Savior like I did at the age of eight years old. Some of you didn't meet Jesus until long after that point. Some of you, God grabbed from the absolute pit of despair and transformed your life when you met Jesus Christ. Every single one of us have a different story of how we met Jesus, but Paul is going to give us this example. That the same basic elements are there. Notice as he speaks to his brothers in the Hebrew language. Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I now make before you. They heard that he was talking in the Hebrew language. They became quiet and this was his story. This is what he said. I am a Jew, just like you. I know what our fathers believed. I know the heritage that is there. I was born in Tarsus in Cilicia. But I was brought up at the feet of a guy named Gamaliel, who was a phenomenal Pharisee. And for Paul, Paul had the great heritage of being brought up in that tradition. He was one of the teachers of the law. He was zealous for following after God as best he thought he could. And so he says to them, I was zealous for God as you are today. He says, listen, I even persecuted This way, I persecuted the Christians. He's going to detail that out for them. He says, I went and I was binding and delivering them to prison, both men and women. Verse 5, the high priest and the whole council of elders can tell the story of exactly what I was doing. He said, I received letters from the brothers and I went toward Damascus. 
my goal was to bring Christians in bonds to Jerusalem so that they would be punished. Paul said, I was moving in a direction. And that direction was to punish Christians, was to imprison them, was to kill them, if at all possible. That's what I was seeking to do. Verse 6, As I was on my way, and drew near to Damascus. About noon a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me, and I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? See, the first reality of a salvation story is that we as believers were arrested in our sin. That's where it begins. The story of salvation in our lives begins with being arrested in our sin. As Paul was here, he was seeking to persecute Christians. He was seeking to imprison them, to kill them, if at all possible. And in this moment, as he is traveling down the Damascus road... Jesus Christ arrests him in his sin. Stops him in his tracks. For every single one of us who have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, that's the exact same thing that Jesus did in our lives. Helped us to see that we We're sinners in need of a Savior. Let's be honest, it's not not interesting to talk about sin. In fact, some folks just kind of push that to the side and pretend as if we're all okay. And if you believe that, we've got a three and four year old class you can serve in. We know that we're not okay. We know that we are born in sin and that we sin and that we need to be saved from our sins. And that's exactly what Paul experienced here on this Damascus road, being arrested in his sin, having his eyes open to the reality that he was a sinner. Notice his response in verse 8, Who are you? Lord, and he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth whom you are persecuting me. Those who were with me saw the light, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. In this moment, you just got to know that Paul being arrested in his sin, hears Jesus Speaking to Him. And in this moment, He is overwhelmed with the reality of who Jesus Christ is and what He's done. You see, Paul was persecuting Christians. Paul didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Paul didn't believe that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah that we talked about last week. Paul didn't believe that. 
But arrested in his sin on the Damascus road, he is overwhelmed with the reality of who Jesus Christ is. He says, "Uh uh-oh. These Christians that I'm persecuting, they are worshiping the one true God. They are worshiping the Christ, the Savior of the world. His name is Jesus. And in this moment, He is overwhelmed with the reality of who Jesus Christ is. And what Jesus Christ has done on His behalf. Dying on the cross. Being buried, raised again on the third day. You see, in this moment, Paul recognizes very clearly that Jesus Christ is the Savior. And he's overwhelmed by that reality. Christian, that's the exact same thing that happened to you. That when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, when we were arrested in that moment of time, we realized our eyes were opened by the Father to see that Jesus Christ is the only way That we can be saved from our sins and have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. The reality is there is no other way to be saved from your sins. You can't be good enough to save yourself from your sins. Paul tried. He tried to follow God as best he knew how. But he didn't have the key component. That was Jesus Christ was the way. Jesus said that, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Paul in this moment is overwhelmed by that reality. Christian, you are overwhelmed by that reality in your life. Arrested in your sin and overwhelmed by the truth that Jesus Christ is the only way to be forgiven of your sins and brought in a right relationship with God. I want you to notice that Paul's response, beginning in verse 10. I said, what shall I do, Lord? The Lord said to me, rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. I could not see because of the brightness of the light. I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. Paul, in verse 12, meets Ananias, a devout man. And he says to Saul, whose later name became Paul, receive your sight. And at that very hour, I received my sight and saw him. And listen to what he said, the God of our fathers appointed you, Paul, to know his will, to seek the righteous one, that is Jesus, to hear a voice from his mouth, for you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. Why do you wait? Rise, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on His name. Paul, overwhelmed by who Jesus is and what He has done, says, what's my next step? What do I do? And Ananias said to him in this moment, God has a plan for you. God desires to use you in an incredible way. Surrender your life to Him. 
Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Savior who died on the cross for your sins and made it possible for you to be forgiven of your sins and to have a relationship with your heavenly Father. In this moment, Paul's life was transformed by believing in Jesus Christ as his Savior. You see, that element is true for us as believers as well. We are arrested in our sin. We are overwhelmed by who Jesus Christ is. And then, by placing our faith and trust in Him for salvation, our lives are radically transformed. We go from being dead in our sins to being alive in Christ. And we see that in Paul's life here. Maybe you're with us this morning and You've come in seeking, what is this all about? Who is Jesus? How can I be forgiven of my sin? How can I have the hope that you're talking about? How can I have the peace that you're talking about? How can I have the anchor in my soul that you are talking about? It is simply described here. It comes to being cognizant of the reality that you are a sinner who is in need of a Savior. You cannot save yourself from your sins. You need someone who is perfect. Someone who is righteous. Someone who can take your place. And that is what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And I hope this morning that you are overwhelmed with the reality of who Jesus Christ is and what He has done for you. And that you would take the step that Paul took here, that every Christian sitting in this place and every Christian around the world since Jesus came to this earth has taken, and that is to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That He is the only one who can save you from your sins. His death on the cross and His resurrection makes it possible for you to be forgiven of your sins and to have a relationship with your Heavenly Father. You can take that step today. I want you to notice the third truth that we see beginning in verse 22 and walking through verse 29 as Paul shares his story. As Paul tells what Christ has done in his life. Verse 22. Notice this third truth. That God can use your salvation story to draw others to Jesus. Verse 22. Up to this word, they listened to Him. They heard His story. They heard how Jesus Christ had transformed His life. And they didn't like it. You see, for them in this moment, it would mean admitting they were wrong about Jesus. They didn't believe He was the Messiah. They didn't believe He was the Savior. Paul is just detailed for them. I was exactly where you were until Jesus grabbed a hold of my soul. And that's what you need. And they say, away with such a fellow from the earth. For he should not be allowed to live. You see, for us as believers, as we share our story, there are going to be some who respond like this. Get out of here with that. 
I'm not interested in hearing that. If you've shared your faith with people before, if you shared who Jesus is with people before, that's sometimes the response you get. Eh, don't come in here with that. I don't want to hear that. I'm happy with the way life's going. Or maybe they say, I can't believe that you would say something as crazy as that. I can't believe you would be so exclusive as to say Jesus is the only way. There's got to be more than one way to get to God. Some are going to respond that way. For some, as we share our story, it plants a seed in their hearts. That over time, God continues to work in their lives to draw them to Himself. Some of you had that experience. Some of you grew up and heard the gospel. Some of you didn't respond to it as a child. Some of you later in life. It took time and time and time again for people to share who Jesus Christ is with you before your eyes were finally open and you responded by faith, trusting in Jesus for salvation. Christian, I want to remind you that the people that you interact with on a daily basis, that you work with, that you go to school with, that you live next door to, sometimes all God desires for you to do is simply to plant a seed in their heart. Simply to share the truth of who Jesus Christ is with them. And they may not respond today. They may in fact not respond for 10 or 20 years down the road. But God is at work in their hearts. And then there are some who you will share your story with. Who you will see in that moment. Their eyes open and then respond by faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. You see, for us as we gather here this morning, we gather collectively as the body of Christ at North River Church to be sent out of this building and to do, as we talked about before, what God has called us to do. And what God has equipped every Christian with is a story. And here's the truth. You're an expert at your story. You know where you were when God arrested you in your sin. You know where you were when God overwhelmed you with the reality of who Jesus Christ is and what He did for you. You are an expert in how your life was radically transformed when you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And God desires for every single Christian in this room to share our story just like Paul shared his story. Because people will hear our stories And God will work in their lives to draw them to Himself. And so I want to challenge you over the course of this next week. As God swings those doors of opportunity wide open for you. Be bold. Share your story. Share how Jesus Christ transformed your life. If you're here and you say, Michael, that hasn't happened yet in my life, today's a great day.
for Jesus Christ to transform your life. I want to ask you, if you would, to bow your heads with me and close your eyes. Our worship team will make their way back up. We'll have an opportunity to respond to the Lord this morning as we sing. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning, if you've never taken that step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, but this morning you've heard the truth, you've been arrested in your sin right now, you recognize there's no way you can save yourself. And you've been overwhelmed by the reality of who Jesus Christ is. That He would take your place. That He would die in your spot. Paying the penalty for your sin. And rising from the dead, securing salvation for you. And this morning He offers it to you as a free gift. Asking simply for you to respond. To confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is God. That He did take your sin upon Himself on the cross and pay the debt that you owed. And that you, like Paul, right now, Surrender your life to Him so that He can transform it. Maybe for you, that's the step that you need to take this morning. And I want you to know that the front of this stage can become an altar today where you simply bow your knee before God and say, I believe. I want Jesus to transform my life. I trust in Him as my Savior. Those of you who have taken that step, those of you that are Christians in this room this morning, God desires to use your story. God is going to swing opportunities open for you this week to share your story. And maybe during this time of response, you too need to come to the front of this stage, to this altar that is here. And you need to ask God for boldness. You need to ask God to help you see the opportunities when they come, to be faithful to share. Maybe there's someone on your heart right now that you know doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you want to come and you want to pray for them. That God would open their eyes. That they would see. During this time of invitation, this front of the stage is open for you to come and to kneel and to pray. If you need to talk with someone, I'll be in the foyer, love to talk with you. Maybe you need to fill out a connection card in the back of your seat and let us know that you need to talk with someone this week. But I want to encourage you right now 
to respond to the Lord. God, use this time to do what only you can do, to save souls, to give boldness to your people to share their story. We ask that in your son's name. Amen.